With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Well, golf, as we know, uh, is a beautiful sport. It's a thinking person sport. It's a sport that has tradition, decorum, and for the most part, it is uh, truly global. And at some stage over the last week, golf has managed to produce more storylines, subplots, and landscape altering change than in the collective years gone by. And uh, by the by, it's the US Open this week, just to add another chapter. But yesterday, yesterday, Canadian Nick Taylor was doing this on the PGA Tour. Swing of the putter. Comes up with some speed. Now up the rise. For the eagle. For the win. To the cup. Take it. Hey, that's golf, folks, just by the by. We're talking about golf there. Uh, and in so doing, uh, he became the first Canadian to win his national life for 69 years. And uh, one of his great buddies, Adam Hadwin, was getting spear-tackled by security who mistook him for a McLean Park pitch invader. And after the week, we have just witnessed at this stage, uh, is anyone surprised with what's happening in the world of golf? Evan Priest is an outstanding golf journalist for the Australian Golf Digest. He's locked and loaded for a big week at the Los Angeles Country Club. Evan, you are lucky enough to be there. Um, what's the feeling three days out? Yeah, the feeling's one of enormous anticipation. You know, US Open's on... The, the glitz and glamour of, of Los Angeles and the celebrities that will no doubt be in and amongst the galleries this week and, and kind of peeling the curtain back on a, on a very, very exclusive golf course uh, in the Los Angeles area. Of course, uh, famously, the Playboy Mansion is just off the 13th hole. So there's a lot of fun and, you know, sort of weird and quirky things about LA Country Club. Never hosted a US Open. And on top of all that, you've got the uh, live golf sort of uh, and, and, and public investment partnering with the PJ Tour news over the top of all that. So yeah, highly anticipated US Open. It's going to be a it's going to be a, a great one. Well, that in itself makes it unique Evan, because uh, because it's not part of the the circuit as such in terms of these big events. I wouldn't imagine too many of these uh, pros uh, playing this tournament uh, this court golf course very often. So it's an element of newness about it. Uh, sorry, could you uh, it just broke up for a second there if I could uh get you to ask that again, that'd be wonderful. Uh, sorry, okay, Evan, um, sorry about the line. Yeah, I, I'm just saying the, the, the course as such um, is not very often, if at all, part of the PGA Tour, so most of the players playing here will be playing for the first time. Yeah, correct, yeah. A couple of uh, um, those that remained on the PGA Tour uh, got you know, Snuffer got a practice round in back in February when the PGA Tour was down the road at Riviera Country Club, which it goes to every year. It's another very famous and private golf course here in Los Angeles. But you're right in saying that this is a completely unknown uh, golf course to a lot of the players in this field. They're seeing it for the first time uh, this week, and it, it's a it's a very different test of golf. It's kind of not what they're used to. It's very 
wide and generous off the tee and then sort of narrows in as you get to the green and there's some really brutal, thick, deep rough. Really funny and quirky shaved runoff areas that, that requires some creativity in certain spots and you really got to think your way around this golf course. So it's going to be a really cool, not only for the players, but also for the fans to see one of the great private golf courses of Los Angeles peel the curtain back and, and sort of let the public in for a week. Evan, it's also another coming together of uh, the two factions of golf, which have, have been very evident in uh, the last 12 months. And, uh, of course, but it's the first coming together uh, since that amazing announcement by Jay Monaghan and co last week. Uh, what are you thinking about the atmosphere there? Yeah, I, I kind of think it's going to be business as usual. I know, I know that's boring and cliche to say, but uh, we, we, we just had Cameron Smith, the great Cameron Smith, in for his press conference um, and he kind of poured some cold water on the story in the sense that, you know, him and a lot of the other live golfers don't know what the future holds. They know about as much as we do in the media. And uh, I think for that reason, that, that narrative might sizzle down a little bit before the tournament starts. And I think I think just the excitement of the U.S. Open being in Los Angeles, uh, you know, just, just for the for the first time in, in a very long time. And um Uh, sorry, we just lost um, contact with uh, Evan there. We're having, uh, as you can probably tell by listening in, we're having uh, all sorts of problems uh, connecting to them. He's uh, currently in uh, Los Angeles at the Los Angeles Country Club. Yes, uh, it is uh, famous for um, the Playboy Mansion being just over the back fence on the 13th hole. I, I must admit I'm not big noting here, but I have played the Los Angeles Country Club back in 1983. And, of course, at that stage, Hugh Hefner was in residence uh, over that, uh, the back of the 13th. So very interesting indeed. Uh, Hef no longer there, oh, of course. Uh, we fa- uh, Thank goodness, though, we've uh, managed to get back to, to Evan. Uh, we're, we're just talking about uh, what Cameron Smith has to say, of course. Cameron Smith, a really big chance here, uh, I think, in this, uh, this tournament. And on the back of Brooks Koepka uh, at the, the last uh, major, of course, at the PGA, uh, what a story that would be. What do you think of the Australians' chances, Evan? I, I think they're great. We, we've got seven Australians in the field. Uh, one of those is even an amateur who plays at Stanford Golf, uh, Stanford University, just a few hours up the coast in California, famously uh, the, the former University of Tiger Woods, and he qualified uh, through, through the sort of 36-hole final qualifying. So really big moment for that young, young lad. And um, the Australian chances are, you know, obviously led by Cameron Smith this week, but at the same time, there's also Jason Day, who's rounded back into form. He won on the PGA Tour for the first time in five years just a few weeks ago he's looking good he used to be a bit of a u.s open specialist and then the likes of obviously cameron smith who we just mentioned who has one of the great kiwis of the world sam pinfold on the bag uh big fan of big fan of pinner uh and also adam scott you know former major winner himself so seven australians really good chance this week and also uh really good guy one of the great blokes in sport ryan fox your your countryman also a really good shout this week he's He's seen a lot of courses like this in Europe and New Zealand that sort of require a bit more creativity and accurate driving and, and a delightful short game, which he has in bucket load. So I really like the Australian and, and Brian Fox's chances this week. I think it's going to be a good one. Even if you look at the setup of the course, you mentioned uh, there will be uh, treacherous rough uh, at times, perhaps not as punishing in, as in uh, previous courses uh, around the US Open. But the interesting element of this course is five par threes. 
of massively different uh, uh, dimensions. Tell us a wee bit about the par threes and how crucial you think they will be. I think they'll be crucial, particularly the, the, the signature hole here at LA Country Club uh, is, a, is the, the par three 11th hole down the hill. It's going to play almost 300 yards this week. It, it, the average amateur or golfer, golf fan listening to your show right now might think that's just absolutely crazy, a 300-yard par, par three. But uh, that, that's the case. That you know The ball's going so far these days. These guys are so powerful that they almost have to have a 300-yard par three. That, that's 300 yard par three. That, that's almost where we're at. Those par threes, like you mentioned, are going to be crucial because they're going to be make or break pars. The, the, the player who plays those in around one under par, even par, maybe even one over par collectively will probably, it might even decide the championship. Right, let's uh, look at um, some of the usual suspects though. Um, of course, uh, we talked about Kepka uh, looking to back up. Uh, Ram has just been a little bit out of sorts. I think it's fair to say Scheffler uh, is just the most amazingly consistent golfer on the planet. There's no doubt about it. Um, of of those big names, who you, who are you su- suspecting to be around? Scotty Scheffler. Uh, all, all the numbers absolutely point towards him. You know, not only is is he the, the betting favourite, but he's just been playing so good on the PGA Tour. He won the Players' Championship back in March, uh, and this is the sort of golf course that suits him. I think. Um, you are going to have to putt well this week, and that's the only uh, you know sort of cross I'd put against his name. Uh, but besides that, it's, it's, it should be the likes of Brooks Kepka, John Rahm. I'd throw in Tyrrell Hatton there as well. Um, you know, who will be in, in, and, in and amongst it come Sunday. But I really think this, this is a golf tournament that's going to fall down to Scotty Scheffler or John Rahm. I, I think it's going to take a big boy to win this thing. I think it's going to be, have to be a long, accurate hitter a great ball striker and, you know, a guy that's really good at those tricky seven, eight-foot putts and all that points towards John Rahm coming away with potentially his second major of the year and third major overall. He loves Southern California. He's won at Torrey Pines. He's won at US Open. He knows what the test requires. So if I'm a betting man, I'd be having a flutter at Rahm, Scheffler or uh, Tyrrell Hatton for a bit of value. Uh, Evan, I just wonder uh, whether Jay Monaghan, I suppose as Commissioner of the PGA, he has to be pretty close around the, the joint, will he? Will he be a parent? Of, I mean, has he had a press conference or have you seen him anywhere near the Los Angeles Country Club? I'm sure he'll be here this week. Um, I would imagine he'd be keeping a low profile just given the attention and, and, and the spotlight that's on him at the moment. Typically, it's, it's not very common for the... PJ to a commissioner to do a press conference at the US Open because it's of course run by the United States Golf Association so typically they will have their CEO do a bit of a State of the Union address on the Wednesday and that's a guy called Mike Wen who used to head up the LPGA Tour uh, so I, I wouldn't imagine Jay Monaghan conducting any media responsibilities this week but uh, if I were him I'd, I'd probably try and take a few days off and uh, maybe get some sleep and, and, and keep himself away from the spotlight. Has anyone uh, really been able to get hold of uh, uh, Greg Norman? I, I see a headline where he said that Live Golf will survive, regardless of uh, any alliance. Live Golf is here to stay. Um, what about Greg and his part in all, all of this? Yeah, that, that's the $54,000 question, isn't it? Um, you're, you're correct in saying that t- uh, staff have told reporters anonymously that you know he's been keeping a brave face behind closed doors and assuring that the staff that Live Golf isn't going to fold next year, but I, I just can't see it operating concurrently beside the PGA Tour. Um, but, but at the same time, I'm not privy to the discussions in behind the scenes at, at uh, Live Golf. And, and I'm sure that the public investment fund would want to keep something that they've invested so much money in and they brought so many great players across to that league. I'm sure they don't want to see it fold at the end of this year. 
um, and that remains to be seen. But but as it, as it relates to Greg Norman, the silence has been a little bit deafening. You know, he wasn't included in the initial media release, and we haven't heard from him yet. So without uh, without hearing from him, I, I suppose your mind goes to negative. You know, in terms of his his role within Live Golf going forward. Um, but they could always surprise us and come out and say that he has some sort of leading role on on, on this new entity uh, that they'll create at the end of this year. So that remains to be seen. Evan, it's Louis here, mate. Now, you just you triggered me there when you said uh, silence is deafening. Well, you mentioned him earlier on. Uh, look, Tiger Woods is synonymous with California, really. He's played some serious golf there. He's got a great connection to the state. And he is the one missing piece, I think, is to waiting to know what he thinks and what he makes of this whole situation. Is he going to be around? Have people come across him? Have they heard from him? I mean, are guys like JT and his friend and Rory and his friends on tour being quizzed about him? What's the feeling there with Tiger, the big cat? Yeah, yeah, Louis. Um, just before I get into my answer to your question, uh, which is a great question, uh, I have a message to deliver from, from Cam Smith's caddy, Sam Pinfold. He said, you've got the best horse racing tips on the South Island. So <laughs> uh, I don't know if that remains to be seen, but I'll, I'm sure I'll have to get some racing tips from you. But uh, to answer your question, yeah, obviously um, Tiger Woods, you know, like you would think, one would think that we, you know, we would want to hear from arguably the greatest player who's ever played the game by now on this, on this matter. But at the same time, someone brought this up on social media the other day and I sort of responded by saying, why would he comment? You know, Tiger Woods has never... Uh, sort of volunteered himself for media obligations. It's always been whenever he's required, he speaks. But if he's not, he, he doesn't usually voice an opinion. Um, I, I could see him remaining tight-lipped on this one. Tiger Woods has always remained off to the side when it comes to divisive issues. And um, I guess the next time we hear from Tiger Woods will be the next time he speaks at a press conference. And considering that he's injured and not playing, I don't know when that's going to be. It could be as late as the Ryder Cup or potentially even his event in the Bahamas at the end of the year. I can't see him coming out to Los Angeles for this if he's not playing. He's not the sort of guy that wants to be hanging around if he's not competing. But at the same time, it's in his backyard of you know Southern California and Los Angeles. So who knows if he'll be walking the gallery and supporting some of his peers that you mentioned, like Ricky Fowler and Justin Thomas and the likes of, uh, of him. But um, I'm sure that you know media, we're all waiting with bated breath on, on what Tiger Woods has to say on, on the news of this, this partnering or this merger. What did you make of uh, the finish yesterday and this uh, terrific story uh, about Nick Taylor, finally a Canadian after all this length of time winning his own tournament? Uh, that was uh, quite dramatic, I think it's fair to say. It was, but um, I'm, I'm sure that you, you know, the Kiwis listening to your program right now were a bit like myself, uh, watching that tackle and thinking, really, you, you think that's a, a hard tackle? <laughs> but... Uh, that was an amazing, uh, yeah, really amazing victory from, from Nick Taylor. He's, God, he's got some amazing victories now. He, he beat Bill Mickelson at Pebble Beach three years ago, just before the COVID pandemic kicked off. And now he's got a, a win in his National Open, which hadn't been done in, I think it was 59 years a Canadian, hadn't won the Canadian Open, which, you know, is, is really surprising considering the amount of Canadians that play that event every year, that, that mm. you know, none of them have ever put up a victory, especially the likes of Mike Weir, who won the Masters, the only Canadian to ever win the Masters. And um, but it, it was a stunning victory, a 72-foot eagle putt on the last hole. Absolutely incredible scene there, and especially with Adam Hadwin, his good friend and fellow PGA Tour player, getting tackled by a security staff. Um, just it just goes to show that the Canadian Open it, it always delivers. You know, it might not be a big event on the schedule. It's always before the 
US Open. It used to be after the British Open and struggled to get some of those bigger names. But boy, has it been putting up some good, good storylines the last few years, that's for sure. Well, a lot of people would say, uh, Evan Priest, you're living the dream because uh, you get to be there on the spot. Um, but what does a week look like for Evan Priest at a major like this? I mean, is it uh, is there time for a beer and skittles, or is it straight out hard work? Do you walk the fairways? Do you sit? Do you do you sit in a tent and wait for the next big story to come through so you can talk to him? How does it work for you? Yeah, a, a bit of all the above, to be honest. Um, for example, today my my day was. Uh, I got out there and started walking the course and just getting a bit of an eye for some of the holes. And then I caught up with uh, Cameron Smith and, and walked a couple of holes with him and, and Sam Pinfold, your countryman, and, and just got, got a bit of a feel for how he's playing. And then you're sort of juggling and waiting for certain guys to finish and the stories that you're writing and interviewing players and you're ducking in and out of the media centre where some of the, the big names are coming in for their press conferences. And you're sort of juggling all of that and then you're just trying to have a bit of a beer and dinner at night time. So it's a fun week. It is the dream job. You're correct in saying that. And, uh, uh, I can't wait for this US Open to kick off. I think it's going to be a great one. I think you're right. I, I really look forward to it as well. I think it's the greatest test of golf every year. But that's uh, just my selfish opinion. Uh, Evan Priest, wonderful to catch up with you. Very, very jealous that uh, you're living my dream as well. So uh, enjoy the week. Uh, look forward to your, your contributions uh, out of the media centre as well. Evan, uh, have a terrific time over there. Thank you. Thanks for having me on, guys. New Zealand's one of my favourite countries in the world. My girlfriend's parents are both from the Auckland and Pukekohe area. So, lovely to be on, and uh, and I hope you guys can, can get behind Ryan Fox. And also, Steve Williams is on the back for Adam Scott this week. So, yeah. uh, there's, there's some good Kiwi storylines there. Yeah, I appreciate it. And just by the by, don't judge every Kiwi bloke by Sam Pinfold, OK? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure because he's one of the best in the world. <laughs> Good on you, man. Good on you. Great to chat, uh, Evan Priest there out of, out of Los Angeles.